0: You're listening to Be Still and Grow, the GCC Ladies Podcast with Catherine, Heather, and Nicole, where we dive into deep theological topics and real-life issues through the art of conversation. So take a seat at the table with us. One, two.
1: Hi. Welcome to Welcome. Hi, welcome. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm, like I'm ready uh, to the Be Still and Grow uh, GCC Ladies podcast episode six. Um, the episode that almost wasn't.
0: Right? Oh my goodness. Listen, y'all. Got a little crazy. We have a little different setup today. It's going to be okay. We're <laughs> <More> remote. <so. laughs> We avoided electrical fire.
1: Everyone is safe. Yes, Mm.
2: we did not burn down the house. We did not. not. Thank you, Jesus.
1: (laughs) Not in a fun way. So if if it was a fun way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I said, we're here. We made it. God's working. He's moving. (laughs) So we're going to keep moving. So um, on today's episode, we have Two wonderful guests. Uh, we have the wonderful Lauren Charvaro. Can I get a whoop? <laughs> 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 she's like, <"I> gotta Stop. <laughs> Um <laughs> Uh Lauren is a member here at GCC, which is Gospel Community Church, uh, the church that we all attend here in Fayetteville, Georgia. Uh, she's married to a British man from, not London, England. I always say London every time I see him. I'm like, London, right? He's like, no, <laughs> it's England. Um, uh, his name is Daniel Trevorrow. Uh, she's also um, a mother of two incredibly beautiful girls. Uh, she is an incredible dancer, by the way. Like, holy cow, it's insane. Don't look at me like that. She's an incredible dancer. <laughs> she's taught me everything I know. and She's brought me out of my box. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the arm person. I, I can move my arms. <laughs> Um, but overall, just an incredible woman, uh, a fierce, fierce, uh, um, I want to say lover, but like just a great friend that who, who loves passionately, who will fight for her friends. She is loyal and kind, uh, and just an overall caring person. So we're so glad to have you, Lauren. So welcome, Lauren. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. We also
2: have Casey, um, who has Mm -hmm. married and has three beautiful babies Mm -hmm. and one, sweet little nugget on the way um and so married uh, to a school teacher um and she also does a little dabbling in the school with him as well and does some homeschooling killing it over there i've not gotten a ton of time with casey so i'm super excited um about tonight to get to know you a little bit better um but just jumped right in you guys have been a member of the church for a year
3: um, going on a year and a half. A year and a half,
2: yeah. So a little bit. Um, yeah. You guys just came on jumping in. Um, so I know that your heart for the Lord is very strong, very genuine, and so I'm just excited to get a little glimpse into your relationship with Him as well. And joining the worship team soon, you and your husband both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so exciting. Mm-hmm. So we're glad to have you tonight. Thanks we're for happy coming.
1: Happy to be here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, before we get started, I gotta talk about what I did last night. So. Oh boy, what have you done? <laughs> That's nothing that crazy. Uh, I played pickleball last night for the first time. It was actually really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I know you're like, "Ah, no. But it was actually really, really fun. I played with another uh, member here at the church, and I actually weirdly enjoyed it. And so, like, I love sports. I love sports. (laughs) But I don't get to play sports that often. And so, like, growing up... I um, I never played on a team or anything, but I played um, – I was really good at basketball, and so I was really good at uh, free throws quite a bit. And so at the time, the, the coach really wanted me on the team, but I was like, I don't want to – you know, I don't like playing for competition. I like playing for fun. And he even called my parents. He was like, you got to get her on the team. He was like, we can't force her. You can't – you know, she says no, we say no. And so – but I just like – but it's funny <laughs> when I was thinking about this. I was like – growing up, I, I was never competitive. I was always like, I just want to have fun. But as an adult, I'm very competitive now. <laughs> it's like I love everyone, but I want to see you burn. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what happened. Um, but did y'all? Did any of y'all? Did you ever play sports growing up at all? I um, t- uh, No. Go ahead. Yeah. No. I
2: dabbled in a little bit of everything and was not really good at much of anything. <laughs> uh, my senior year, I was like, you know, tennis is one sport I have not ever done so let's just yeah. go so um, my best friend and I went and played and we did the partners you know whatever tennis we do too and we made it to state and I was hey. like whoa and I haven't played so- well I played one time since and I was really bad <laughs> 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 all done I want to end on a high note we did no. yes we're you. just going to stop where we're at Hold on.
4: I did um, bal- well, ballet, ballroom, hmm. dance, cheerleading all the fun stuff, dance team so, but I was more of the nerd versus like the competitor. Mm. Um, I did track for one season just to get closer to my brother. And I decided I was just going to be the person that always came in last. <laughs> because Somebody's somebody got to do it. Yeah. And so I volunteered. You're so I, kind. I did it. Yes. Oh. I did it with a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> they never put me in relays. Oh, yeah. No. So you
2: reached your goal. I did. Yeah. Yeah. See, you came here to come in last. I did
4: it. Done. And I Let's did, go home. and I made everybody else feel better about themselves. <laughs> well, such an encourager. Right there, <laughs> oh, absolutely.
3: <laughs> I did competitive softball. Oh. I was a fast pitch pitcher oh, for so quite nice. a time. Mm. Okay. I was also—I mean, I was in competitive sporting, at like a—but I was also not very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just loved loved the game. Yeah, loved playing. I actually soon when I was about 15 got into yoga and that's kind of that's more my personality mm-hmm. <laughs> get in my own zone and kind of but um so and I have done that ever since so that's kind of like my sport if it's not really a yeah. team sport but mm-hmm. it's a you know an athletic you know thing okay. but um, pursuit I guess with or but. without goats I oh. have goats. Okay. I have never done yoga with them. <laughs> Can we watch? Can we give it a go? <laughs> you wanna come and try? Yeah, let's see what yoga happens. With goats.
0: <laughs> well, I also was a fast pitch softball pitcher. So What? Okay. Do I, I bring out the gloves <laughs> the church competition? Say, yeah. We'll wait for you to have your baby. Yeah.
3: Recover. That is wise.
0: <laughs> it's been a while. I don't yeah. want to miss. <laughs> but I also played volleyball in high school. I was the ah. captain of both sports. And I also coached softball while in high school. I coached a junior varsity volleyball team. And uh, yeah, I love sports. I hate running. So track <laughs> is an absolute <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> no. Soccer, I was like, y'all crazy. Because mm. I went to a very small high school. And like, our graduating class was like the largest in history. And we had like 20 people graduate. And um, the options were soccer. Volleyball, softball—that was about it. We had a basketball team. That's running, yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Way too much running. Um, and contact, not a fan. But we played soccer in PE all the time, and I would get kicked in the legs all the time. I'm like, this is terrible. Mm. I don't know who likes soccer, but mm. y'all strong or something. But that is just—it's terrible. My sister-in-law is a soccer fanatic. No.
1: (laughs) Not so much.
2: I feel like pickleball is like this new thing that no one has ever heard of, and then suddenly everybody's doing it. I I don't know much of anything about it. I had
1: to look it up because I was like, I don't even know what to do. I'd like to know a little information before I get into it. They say it's like tennis slash ping pong, and so Mm -hmm. it's very easy to pick up on. And so when they were explaining the rules to me, I'm like, this is going to be so bad. (laughs) I was like, hopefully I'll just figure it out. But I'm a person that had to get my hands on something. And so the first round, I – Lost horribly. The Second time I almost won, and okay. so and then the third time my, I was so tired by that point. I'm like, <laughs> okay, here <laughs> we go. Uh, but it was actually super enjoyable. I really liked. It. I would totally do it again in a heartbeat. So it was really really fun. I liked it.
0: We'll have <laughs> so. to have a be still and grow outing and go play pickleball oh, together. Oh, that'd be
1: the
2: oh, remote
0: podcast <laughs> <from> <laughs> <down> <laughs> coming live from the pickleball, pickleball court. Uh, bring it. <laughs> she just wants to see us burn. She's already confessed that. Let's go ahead and confess some other yeah. sins <laughs> while we're at but it. Burn in a good way, in a very
1: loving like way. I think just, the theme of the night is just going to be burning. Yeah, Ugh. true. Yeah, we'll <laughs> be in the hot sun, while sweating. Like I sweated a lot. I was like, this is not that bad. And then like midway, I'm like, I am soaked. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. It's a good workout. I mean, you literally work out your whole body. I feel like so. Because I really thought like I was like my left arm was going to be so tired the next day. But nothing. Like, my neck's a little, like, little sore, but that's, I think, the most of it. It's fun. Mm, um. You just lost me. Oh. <laughs> <I> do <laughs> the <like> whole working <laughs> out thing. Oh. It's <laughs> like,
4: well, it's fun. You don't really
1: know you're, like, working out, you know, while you're doing it. You just feel like you're just having a good time, so. I guess. But, it's not bad. if I get oh, to well. beat
2: you, I'm down. No.
1: <laughs> 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 okay. Challenge accepted. Um, but, yeah, so we're so excited to have you guys on this podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about waiting. And talk about anything, um, just um, what God does in the midst of all of our waiting, whether it's anything big in our lives. I feel like we all have huge things that we have went through that we had a waiting season, or it could be just any small things. I feel like God uses both those uh, types of seasons in our lives. And I feel like they're so full uh, of different experiences and lessons. And we're going to just talk about all those kind of different things. And so uh, before we kind of get into that, we would love to kind of know both of y'all's stories, Lauren and Casey. So. Um, Casey, if you don't mind just kind of sharing a little bit about, um, uh, a little bit about your story and the, kind of the, what leads up to your season of waiting. <laughs> yeah. So, um,
3: I think kind of like what you were saying, there's been different pockets of waiting in my life. I would say for the last decade, a lot of that has been, um, the call in our life to adoption, um, before my husband and I got married 15 years ago, I had worked in an orphanage in South Africa and just um, fell in love with these little kids. And I was 19 at the time, but just saw myself as someone who could love them and be their mom. And so even at such a young age, this seed was planted that... Huh, my future kids don't have to be from me, you know, or look like me. Um, And so I got home and told my then fiance, like, I think that we should adopt. And he was 100% 100 on board. Um, So, flash forward five years later, we were married. And um, even though we had this plan of adoption, it's extremely overwhelming. You know, all all we kind of knew about it was that, Costs a lot of money, and it's so this long process, and um, and I think we just expected to that we would have biological children first. That um, that would just that's what happens, you know, um, and that never happened for the five years it hadn't happened. So we started. We had moved to Louisville, Kentucky, to go to Southern Seminary up there, and just started praying, like maybe the way our family is supposed to look is that our first child is for an adoption. It's not a plan B for us, that this is what we want to do. So we were working part-time. We had no money. We were in seminary, um, paying out of pocket, and the Lord called us to an adoption. So we started that process in 2012, and we actually did not bring our son home until 2017. So it was a very long process we had did not know that when we were starting it we first signed <laughs> the paperwork um, but talk about just a season of waiting um, especially so we started at 2017 we two years in we were finally matched with him or I guess it was about two and a half years um, so we had our little picture of our little boy and then we watched him grow up in pictures for. Mm-hmm. Almost, yeah, for another two and a half years. So gracious to us, he actually gave just a very difficult season. Um, God was so gracious to us. He actually gave us a surprise pregnancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Abraham, our biological is the I always say he's the only one that was not planned. <laughs> um, but what a gift to us in that season of waiting. I had like these maternal hormones raging. Um, I don't know what I would have done if it was five years of the Lord not. Um, you know, blessing us with a child. So Abraham is six months older than his brother, Leo, who is from Ethiopia. And so when Abe was three, we were finally able to go and bring his brother home. Wow. So, and then two years after that, we brought our daughter Jubilee home from India. And, um, and then again, just kept asking the Lord. I've, I've always wanted a big family and lo- I love children and... Um, just kept expecting another pregnancy since we were able to get pregnant um, at some, you know, kind of miraculously, um, and it, it never happened. It still, I mean, it just didn't happen again. And um, I always saw we would love biological children, but it never conflicted with our desire to adopt. So we were both, you know, like Lord, bring them all. <laughs> we'll take all the children, um, and so we brought jubilee joined our family we had three kids and we just you know we we hadn't gotten pregnant again so we just prayed all right lord we're we supposed to do another adoption and we looked into multiple options and um god through a lot of conversations actually through a, my husband listens to a podcast um and they had they had brought up embryo adoption and that that's what the lord had been leading us to kind of all this time so um Again, it's been like a ten-year process of, of us growing our family through adoption, and now we're at this part where I'm pregnant um, with our adopted child, and just a desire of my heart to raise children, to to bring them and to bring the lonely into families, the fatherless into families, and now the the Lord's allowing me to do that and be pregnant at the same time. So it's a really Cool gift, but in in that last decade has been lots of pockets of waiting Mm -hmm. (laughs) and asking and waiting. And um, yeah.
1: Wow. That's an incredible story. My goodness. (laughs) Wow.
3: Did did I say too much at one time? No, I'm like, (laughs) I have so many questions. 10 years. (laughs) Let me share 10 years of what's happened. Here we go.
1: I was so engrossed. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen next?
4: (laughs) uh, Miss Lauren? I'm just like sitting here. Meditating and just going over in my head what you have just said, mm-hmm. Casey. Um, I also feel really privileged because when you started the in vitro, you and I were working on another project together. And I, I mean, I was there praying for you when you the day you were finding out if mm-hmm. you were pregnant. And I, that just mm-hmm. it chokes me up just to think about the journey that you guys have been on. Yeah. It's incredible. Sorry. Now I'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Big floor. Um, yes. <laughs> so our our journey is, it has some similarities to Casey and Kellen, and it also has some differences. Um, Daniel and I talked about adoption within months after dating. Like, we didn't even really know that we were going to be married or, you know, what the future held, but we talked about adoption because it's always been something on my heart. And he, you know, kind of thought, well, we'll have biological kids first. And then, you know, sure. Adoption sounds great. You know, he really hadn't thought about it as much as I had. And our entire journey with our family was to never be able to have biological kids. And God knew that. And we didn't know that. But he just, he brought us to the place where we knew, okay, we're going to have kids. All right. We trust God with that. And we're going to do adoption. Now, are we going to do the international or we're going to do domestic infant? Um, and we chose the domestic infant and my sister and brother-in-law and so many people in our family have actually adopted. And I have seen horror stories with adoption. I'm, I'm talking make you never want to adopt kind of stories. And I just prayed and kept on asking God, you know what my heart is and you know what we need. And from the process of signing the paperwork um, with Bethany Christian Services, we signed the paperwork in October of 2019, and we started our home study. We were home study approved April 14th, 2020, and we were matched July 14th, 2020. And the girls were born on August 24th, 2020. So the process, the time frame of when we started the paperwork to actually holding our daughters was less than a year. Which is completely different than what, you know, Casey and Kellen had to go through and then also my sister and so many other people. So our waiting time frame looks different. But when I look back on it, there's some incredible God moments mm. that showed me I was actually in waiting long before I even graduated from high school yeah. for this. Mm. And I love seeing his fingerprints as... I was growing up, he was doing things and basically preparing me for this journey for my daughters and in the waiting. So our waiting with paperwork and stuff was less than a year. But as far as the desire to be a mother, the desire to find a godly Christian husband who would lead the family, who is on the same page as me, all of that is a part of my waiting. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. Absolutely. My goodness. Yeah.
2: And y'all went through a lot though, before you guys decided to pull the trigger and adopt too, right? So there was a lot of just trust and wait and trust and wait. Mm -hmm. We,
4: um, we're celebrating our 10 year anniversary next month. (laughs) And I mean, we started trying for kids right after we got married. Um, Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of things that we had to go through, but, yeah it it was a process, and it also it was a longer process for him mm-hmm. to get to the adoption <laughs> stage because he really did want to have biological kids and mm-hmm. um so i was I was much quicker with trying to get to that point and being mm-hmm. you know researching and finding an agency mm-hmm. and stuff but well, it yeah. sounds like
2: the Lord had been preparing your heart f- for year you know even yes since before marriage or even before kids was you know really on your like timeline radar kind of thing yeah 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 He's preparing you for it doesn't always happen but sometimes he does I mean mm-hmm. that's cr- I didn't know that about either one of you that he laid it on your hearts long before you were actually like oh hey we actually can't have kids what do we do oh let's adopt I feel like that's oftentimes the story but um yeah what would you say for your relationship with the Lord in that time like big insights that you could share there for that
4: um Okay, so this is just my story. So on this, whoever's listening, I don't want you to compare yourself because every single person is very different. My story is very different from everyone else's um and i I say that because there are some incredible things. God told me my husband's name was Daniel in high school in ninth grade, okay? He told me I was marrying a Daniel, and just that clarity. And then I I pushed it in the back of my mind and forgot about it for years. I forgot about that. So there are things that he does. Um, I truly believe that God gives us the desires of our hearts. And again, I'm speaking to believers in this. What I mean by that is he's not a genie. You know, he's not Santa Claus where I say, okay, I want this for Christmas and he delivers. Mm. He puts on our hearts, what it is so that when we get to a certain point, we can look back and see him and see his glory and be able to praise him for what he's done. And I say this because in ninth or 10th grade, he told me I was marrying a Daniel. That's my husband's name. He also put it on my heart that I wanted to marry a blonde haired, blue eyed guy. (laughs) He has blonde hair and blue eyes. And I also wanted twin girls with brown hair and blue eyes. Hmm. I'm not saying that those are more beautiful to me or anything else, but those are the things that just were on my heart. And I can't explain it. I don't know where they came from. I always wanted twin girls, brown hair, blue eyes, husband, I mean, down to the name. When I look back now, their birth mom looks like me. You know, I have no idea what their birth father looks like, but he has to look like Daniel because (laughs) our girls look like us. And Mm -hmm. there I can see the beauty of God putting those things on my heart when I was a child. And I can look back and see he was walking with me. He already had this planned. It's not like adoption was a last resort for us. Mm -hmm. It was his entire plan for us. Mm -hmm. So as I was going through the waiting, trying to find my husband and oh gosh, when you're single, the worst thing anybody can ever say to you is, oh, just be patient. You'll know when you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm everybody, looking. Everybody looks at <laughs> me. <laughs> the
4: single lady in the room. <laughs> But that's, what's told to single ladies oh, is, every, all time. you know, you, you'll it, just wait. It's fine. Be patient. You'll know when you know, mm-hmm. um, when you meet him, you'll know. And it's like at that time, you're going through the waiting process. yeah. But when you get to the next point and you can look back, it's amazing what God does in that waiting process. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing him working and how I met Daniel and how I, you know, we talked about adoption ahead of time and how I can't get pregnant. And I think, honestly, that's a, it's a blessing for us because my body can't hold a pregnancy. Mm. And um, I mean, A few of us have talked about it before and, you know, I have had a miscarriage and it's because my body cannot hold a pregnancy. And I think that's such a huge blessing for me because of the other things that God has given us. Um, our marriage, like we got married in August. Our baby that we miscarried was due in August. Our twin girls were born in August. I met Daniel in <laughs> August, like God, it's
2: almost August y'all um, I know
4: it's it's our it's our favorite month. um but those are the little details that shows how much he cares, mm-hmm. how much he loves us, mm-hmm. yeah. how much he is for us and in our corner and he cares genuinely about what our desires are and what our wants are and what our needs are and he knows he knows ahead of time and i i love that if you are in a period right now of waiting step back and ask god to show you what you can learn from it Mm. yeah you know take in every single moment because if i had forgotten god told me daniel's name in high school he couldn't get the glory for that and i i love that i can actually sit here and say mm. god did this mm. and he may not give you your husband's name you know <laughs> <laughs> he There's may not now. do that for everybody <laughs> but there are other things that he's maybe doing that if you just stop and get in the word and be still mm-hmm. he can reveal amazing things mm-hmm. to you in your periods of waiting yeah
0: I think that's beautiful yes. advice to step back and look because, let's be honest, waiting, and waiting. Oh. Mm, yes. <laughs> yep. And um, in all different types of waiting, like infertility and waiting for parenthood or for a husband or all parts of that. But there, every aspect of our lives, there's moments where we know the Lord has called us to something or has something for us that we're waiting for it. Mm. And I feel like those times in our lives can feel so low and so desert-like even, where you're just, you know, living on that hope and that promise and the people come with the best of intentions and it's, oh, you'll know when you know, or it's okay. And we just kind of like have built this culture in the church where it's like, let's just make it real surfacey. How are you? You're okay. Great. And we don't ever get into that like real emotional need that we have for one another in those seasons of our life. And I remember the event that you and Casey had worked on together. I was also on that committee. Mm Mm-hmm. It was for our 10-year anniversary celebration for our church. And it was a particularly low day for me because my husband and I struggle with infertility on both ends. Um, He's had some pretty horrific surgeries that have um, hindered some things in our marriage in that way. And I have some physical issues myself that have also hindered fertility for us. And I sat there in that Starbucks with y'all, and I was just like, so moved in my heart that the Lord loved me enough even for that divine appointment in that meeting mm-hmm. to hear just a glimpse of your story and the, the complete fulfillment of all of that. Cause you were just starting to talk about the embryo adoption and you had, it, I mean, it wasn't really that long after you guys got the girls. And, um, it was just such a beautiful reminder, even in that, cause I'm still in that season in my life where mm-hmm. we're waiting for that promise or for what that looks like, whatever the Lord has for us, whether it be natural, children or is adoption or through foster care or whatever it might look like we're still at that beginning stage of that but it is so encouraging to know and to see that the lord answers those prayers and that the desires that he puts on our hearts he will fulfill those but when we're waiting for it to be our timing it can be so frustrating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so anybody going through anything where you feel like there's a season yet to come that you desire that you have something in your heart for. It could be you have a, a desire in your heart to start a ministry. It could be you have a desire in your heart to be married or to buy a house or to do whatever. Like the Lord knows the desires of our hearts
3: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to yeah. well,
0: and I think one of the hardest things I think in society in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in the church we make that worse. Yeah. Well,
3: and I think something I learned in my seasons of waiting, whether it's desiring to be pregnant or, praying for this child that I can't, that's technically mine, but I can't hold him, you know, just like you're saying, I mean, agonizing. (laughs) Um, I think I learned that I am safe to lament before the Lord and that in his word, he's giving, given us a vocabulary of lament in the Psalms. And we can see that the world is broken. And, um, even in Romans eight, the whole Earth is longing and waiting for redemption, Mm. and we feel that, you know, we feel that in our own bodies, and um, I was, I think sometimes, I think we can kind of err on two sides when it comes to waiting. We can just cover everything with spiritual platitudes, like, God is good, and I'm okay, you know, and all things are, exactly, (laughs) all these things that are true, but like, also, are we being honest with ourselves about how we are truly processing this and dealing with it? Um, and so, so yeah, so there's that error, but then the, and a safer place or a a more honest place is to be honest before the Lord and recognize like he can handle our honesty. He can handle our fears and sorrows and he weeps. We, Jesus wept. Mm -hmm. He weeps with us um, over the brokenness in the world. But also I think the other error is to stay there and to live there. And we see in the Psalms all the time that, you know, crying out to the Lord, like, how long, O Lord? But, but yet I will put my trust in the Lord. You know, so there's this grief that we are free to come before him and express. And I have before, and I feel like I learned this vocabulary of grief. And just, um, and lament, but also like we grieve as those with hope, knowing that God, he is working all things out for our good. And I just have a a scripture that the Lord gave me as we were starting the embryo adoption is, um, it says Psalm 113. He, it says, Mm -hmm. praise the Lord, barren woman, a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's me you know, technically like I, I shouldn't have a home filled with, with children, but yet the Lord has blessed me and given me these, these beautiful children, most of which did not even come from me. You know, I get the honor of, of raising these, these image bearers of God that image him, you know? Um, So it's, I I feel like it's important for us to provide space within the church for people to lament and weep and us to Mm -hmm. weep with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But also we, we grieve with hope, you know, and pointing towards, yeah, there, there is this future hope of, of God is working.
2: Yeah. Thinking that like, like Lauren, if you had been able to carry children, thinking about you not even knowing Claire and Tegan, I would imagine that would break your heart, right? Like, yeah,
4: I mean, I, I where would
2: you be? What would you do without, you know, you would have your own children that you would love in the same way. But those two yeah. girls who were born on that day, they were born at exactly the right time, given to exactly the right family. They're going to go into kindergarten and they're going to have these exact perfect best friends that they're going to grow up with. Like mm-hmm. the timing of everything, like, cause, and if you could have had it your way, You would have gotten pregnant a long time ago and everything would just be different. Not saying it would be terrible, but to not know Claire and Tegan, I mean, I would.
4: You know, people always ask the question as like icebreaker. If you could change one thing in your past, what would you change? And there is absolutely nothing that I would change because I am here on this stage because we're remote, so we're (laughs) on the stage. (laughs) I'm staring at the wooden cross right now. My back is to the audience, Um, but... I am here in this moment because of everything that I've been through. Mm. The good, the bad, the ugly. Mm. I am here today and I i know the Lord and I have a strong faith and walk with the Lord because of what I've been through. So mm. I wouldn't change a single thing. I wouldn't, I i have no idea what would happen to me physically if I were to get pregnant because my body has a lot of issues that go along with it. And honestly, I think that it would probably kill me. Mm. <laughs> Um, so I know that God has me here for a reason and I, I wouldn't change anything. And I do remember I've been here for seven years at GCC and I remember the pain of there are women here who they drink the water and it's like, baby, baby, (laughs) baby. And it's, it's crazy and it's amazing. But I had to work really hard to not get bitter Mm -hmm. whenever those baby showers came up. And I wanted to wallow so bad in just the how come I'm not pregnant yet? How come I'm not this like and that? You, it's so easy to settle into that dark why me like place, and you you cannot stay there. Mm-hmm. You literally cannot stay there if you are going through that or you're feeling that bitterness again. Like Casey just said, cry out to the Lord. Tell him. But find a godly woman to walk alongside you, Mm -hmm. to talk to, to mentor you. Because I honestly believe that things that I've gone through in life, the reason I wouldn't change them is because I've been able to help other women who have been through those things. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and that's why I wouldn't change them. Mm -hmm. Because if I didn't go through being raped, there are about a dozen women that I have helped through ish like rape through sexual abuse and stuff like that. And I've helped them come out of it from the other end. I would have had no clue how to walk with somebody if I didn't go through it. So if you've been through something, help those who are going through it. If you are going through something, talk to women or find somebody who went through it and allow them to help and pour into you so that you can go through it not alone Mm because you're not alone Mm
0: -hmm. we talk about that quite a bit here because obviously it's part of the lifeblood of our church is community groups and being in community with one another but even more than just our dna groups or small you know the home groups that we do have how important it is to remember to reach out and to try and for those of you who have that pull on your heart towards somebody it's for a reason Mm -hmm. like I don't I'm sure that everyone has had this experience but where God puts somebody on your heart and it's like oh you think about someone throughout the day or some thought pops in your mind like I wonder how they're doing ask mm-hmm. send a text message give them a call mm-hmm. like how many times has the lord put somebody on your heart and you stop and pray for them mm-hmm. and I think it's just such a call to on both sides of that statement to be willing to reach out because you're in need but also to remember to be sensitive to the holy spirit who will lead you to reach out to others Mm -hmm. because that's like true community and that one another call that we have in the Bible. And I've said this like numerous times, I'm sure, but like how many times the word says one another, like we need one another. Mm -hmm. And, um, those are things that are working out for our good, for Mm -hmm. God's glory Mm -hmm. through that. And I think that's beautiful. Mm -hmm.
2: Not because we can fix each other, but Mm -hmm. because, you know, to be able to go through something that someone else has gone through, they can, you just know they get it, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need somebody to talk to, you and, and you can such a get gift each from other. The you Lord. know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: like it's a terrible thing to have gone through, and it becomes part of your testimony. But it's a gift that the Lord has given through that, like, because it's not you that did all of those things, and you know, like, I know you know that, but like, the Lord has done that, mm-hmm. and that's how much He cares for the woman that you helped. That, and it's just, man can't understand who got like the mind of God and what God does and why he does what he does and why terrible things happen. But when they do happen, like the beauty that can come through that, that beauty from ashes, I just stand in awe of that all the time mm-hmm. that you, that the Lord has used that in your life to bring about such good. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think that just sorry that shows the, uh the beauty of the waiting season. Like I feel like when people are like, when you're waiting in line to something or anything, everything just like, it's so terrible. I don't want to wait. I don't <laughs> do all these things. But there's so much beauty in the wait. That's where growth happens. That's where the Lord really, I feel like, moves and prepares us. And so that's what I, the kind of thing that kept coming to my mind when y'all were talking was just like the preparation. Like y'all were saying, in this season of waiting and what God does through that time is so, oh my gosh, I feel like it's so beneficial. Because like when y'all, some of the things we y'all was saying, I'm like, man. I feel like it was so applicable just to <laughs> my life alone. But it's like when you look back and you start realizing, wow, because you think in your mind sometimes that you're like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. This is the season. I know I'm so prepared for this moment. And God's so <laughs> said, we still got a while. <laughs> and so, so I feel like that happens. Um, I, I feel like it happens a lot in my time, like in my life, that where I'm always thinking I'm ready for certain things, and then it clearly is not that timing. <laughs> And then uh, I look back and I'm so glad it didn't happen at that time Mm -hmm. because I I was not ready whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, Well, I'm kind of a a Greek
3: nerd. Mm -hmm. I really love Koine Greek (laughs) from the New Testament. And there's two main Greek Greek words for time: Mm -hmm. chronos, which is like chronological time. And then there's kairos, which is more of a time of opportunity or Mm a season. And like obviously, we live in Chronos time, this chronological time, and that's what we're when we're waiting. That's what we're basing our weight off of. You know, is like so much time has gone into this, but God works outside of time, right? He works with this Kairos time and the fullness of time. So he ha- he uses he has the perfect time because it's more of the right. Like you were saying. It's the right time. Yeah. It's the right opportunity. Like there was this long waiting period before Jesus came. Mm-hmm. And then in the fullness of Kairos, the fullness of time, he came at the right time when he's supposed to. And I look back on my 10 years and in the moment, I would have planned it differently. I would have said, this is when it was supposed to happen. But it happened the way it was supposed to. Yeah. And my children are who they God mm-hmm. had designed for for me to be the mother of. And I just, I'm in awe of like, like you're saying, like, I think I know the timeline, Mm -hmm. but God knows the perfect time.
1: And it's hard. Those seasons are so, for us, in our mind, we're like, this is just the worst thing ever. It's like when you put a kid in timeout, like, this is the worst. But it's like, it's actually (laughs) a good thing. It's teaching you. (laughs) So so I feel like that's what the Lord, you know, looks at us. It's like, I know this is painful, but, man, it's so good for you. Like, I'm about to reveal things to you. I'm about to grow you and strengthen you in this season. And um, it's hard, especially when you have heart's desires and you long for certain things. It, it, It could be, man. Very difficult, and that's the thing, you know. For me, for being single, single, it's like you know, I long for a family deeply, um, but I have also grown up in a very hard family, and I feel like these, especially these past few years, and this year, uh, this year, and the past year, like I feel like God has put people in my life that has showed me what family actually is, and has healed me. On some of my thoughts and my views of what family is, that I'm glad that they're healed now. Because if it wasn't, I'd be carrying that into my future family. Mm -hmm. And so, but in my mind, I didn't know I needed that healing. And then now I'm like, I'm so glad that I kind of went to the season because I can't imagine taking that in, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, but I think that shows too just the the hardness also uh, in that season of waiting. Like there's times that, you know, we could be like, I know God, you're doing something and I'm going to be patient, but sometimes it is really crappy and mm-hmm. it's really freaking hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine there's probably in y'all's storylines of, of times where it was probably really hard. Mm-hmm. You probably really kind of questioned the Lord at a couple of times. Um, well, is there any kind of, uh, memory that pops out to you the most that you're like, Yeah,
4: that day or that month, that was a hard time in my in my time of waiting. I think the hardest thing that we went through was our miscarriage because it was physically painful. Also, at the time, I didn't realize that you can actually go through postpartum depression. Um, And so Daniel called it. Well, he thought I was demon possessed (laughs) (laughs) Um, because of the way that I was acting. But, I mean, it was the hardest season for us, and I got really mad at God because I, same as you, Casey, I have cousins and friends, and, like, it's like they, they can breathe and get pregnant kind of thing. And that was hard for me to deal with, but my sister, who had gone through two adoptions, and um, their journey was very long as well, and hard. She told me something, and I have held on to it, and I know you've heard me say it before, Casey, because I tell every single adoptive couple that I talk to, which I talk to a bunch of them, um, the same thing, and that is you have 100% chance of being matched with the baby that God intends for you. Mm. So I'm going to flip that. You have 100% chance of marrying the guy that God has intended for you. You have 100% chance of being successful at a ministry that God places on your heart and he chooses for you. When it's God's will, it's going to happen. He's just waiting for us to come to the table as well and just open hands, Mm -hmm. you know, give it to him, give everything to him. Um, I think one of the things that i did was i tried to force the issue you know like god i know what's best for me i know what i want i'm just gonna go out and find it and i'm gonna do this and i'm and i take control of my life in order to make the things happen that i think should happen and during those time periods i never met the guy that i was supposed to marry you know um he he was waiting for me to say god I trust you. I give it all to you. I am not pursuing, you know, a husband anymore. I'm not pursuing children anymore. You're going to bring me to the place that I need to be. And I think that when we release that control, that's when he really just steps in, mm-hmm. you know,
2: I'm such a visual person. I've, I've been through moments like that too, where I'm like, Lord, what is happening? <laughs> well, what are we doing here? Um, But I just imagine, like, we're trying to get in this door. This is the door I want. Mm -hmm. This is the hall I want to go down. This is where I want to be. And we're white-knuckling that doorknob so hard. And God's, like, literally pulling us. And we're holding on to it so hard. Our feet are not on the ground anymore. God's like... I've got the child for you. I've Mm -hmm. got the job for you. I've got the husband for you. If you will let go of the doorknob, we will go. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I will take you. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. And so we just white knuckle the things that we think Mm -hmm. we're supposed to have because that's what society says that we're supposed to have. And this Mm -hmm. is what it's supposed to look like. And God's like, now I keep thinking of the beggar who's outside the temple. Mm -hmm. And he says, He's, you know, he's, he's lame. He can't walk. He's never been able to. And he says, give me money. I need, I need money. I need money. Cause he can't earn his own wages. Right. So like he thinks I need money. And Peter says, I don't have any money, but I have Christ. How much more can Christ give you than that money that you think is going to get you through the day? You know? And so, so many times we're asking for such a small thing when God says, Honey, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that is small potatoes, if you will. And I've got some. I've got so much more for you. So let go and ask me. You know, come to me, open handed, and I will give you well, so and, much more. and
3: sometimes we don't get what we're asking for yeah. at all. Yeah. You know, and but Psalm sixteen, like in His presence is the fullness of joy. Mm-hmm and I do think that there is a place of something that I, again that I just learned in this these years of waiting is like God wants us to ask and to ask boldly and to ask continuously and bring him all of our these desires but ultimately we also have to surrender mm-hmm. to his will you know we see mary she is asking questions like why but then ultimately it's like okay lord what what you say I will do and I I I submit and um like, it's just such a beautiful thing that we can come to him with all our questions and our whys and our anger, our, our human emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, we ha- there is a submission and a surrender to what he knows is mm-hmm. best, even if it's, you know, not not what we would want. Yeah.
0: I think about that statement about not what we would want, but then also think about, man, I'm like a different person than I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, like the desires and the things that would have attracted me then mm-hmm. are not the same as now. Mm-hmm. And how many things and times in your life have you desired or wanted something because you think it's that right door, that right mm-hmm. opportunity, this, that, the other. But then looking back, it's like, that was obviously wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I'm trying to think like, has there ever been a moment in my life where the Lord has come through and I've been disappointed? Mm -hmm. And the answer is no, because God is faithful and Mm -hmm. he does more over and abundant than what we could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And there's moments of confusion for sure in my life, like through my marriage, we've gone through some really dark and down times. And um, in those moments, being bitter about, every other newlywed couple is having this grand experience and we're newly married and my husband's having surgery after surgery after surgery. And I, I, I remember vividly laying in my bed, having like a practical temper or a tantrum before the Lord. Like, how could you do this to me? Mm -hmm. As if I deserve anything other than wrath (laughs) and death anyway, but Lord, how could you do this to me? I've been good my whole life. Like that whole piece of the Psalms Mm -hmm. and God really taught me in that moment as I look back, not in my idio, idiot, idiotic <laughs> behavior then, but now looking back at that, processing the emotion through it and getting it out. And it's like when you read in the Psalms and you even see David, who's like, Lord, where are you? You have forsaken me. Where, But eventually there's a shift. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you have never failed me. Mm-hmm. You have never left me. And eventually those lamentations turn into praise Mm -hmm, and turn into remembering who God is and what he does. And I would just encourage anyone to stop and to really think about those moments that have been hard in your life that are better now. Have you been disappointed by the Lord? Mm -hmm. And the answer is no, because he is faithful. And even though it doesn't look like what we think it should have looked like or whatever, that experience and that Wisdom learned through it is worth so much more. Mm-hmm. And well, and
3: it, and he he gave us himself. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's in these seasons where I'm just so desperate and longing, and what what am I'm desperate for the Lord and I'm clinging to Him and our relationship. To, I, he feels so near to me, and mm-hmm. um, like He gives us Himself. His mm-hmm. presence yeah. mm-hmm. is is where our joy yeah. is found and. Where our hope and, and yeah. what we, what we, that's what we really want mm-hmm. yeah. is him. Even, Je- things.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Even Jesus in the garden, he's like, Lord, take this cup from me. This mm-hmm. is, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want to be arrested tonight and crucified. I d- Take this from me, but not your will mm-hmm. or not my will, but yours be mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. And if he hadn't. If he had gotten, you know, what he had asked for that night, look how different everything would be. Look at the glory that did come because he surrendered to God's will and he was obedient and he climbed that mountain. And mm-hmm. we just need to do the same. Um yeah. Even though he didn't get what he wanted, we're not always going to get what we want either. <laughs> but it's for are good
4: mm-hmm. the biggest joy killer though um like you said turning to the lord is is the joy but the biggest joy killer if you are going through a period of waiting right now is comparing yourself to somebody else yes. mm-hmm. Absolutely. and i mean you i just heard you say it nicole when um when you were newlyweds you were sitting there like all these other newlyweds are mm-hmm. happy um i did it when every single lady in our church started mm-hmm. getting pregnant you know yeah, it yeah. it felt like that I, I did the same exact thing. You cannot compare your sh- journey to anybody else's because as soon as you do that, you're telling God, I don't trust you with what you have planned for my life. I want what you have planned for their life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work that way.
0: hmm it makes your heart callous. And
4: I can guarantee Yeah. now from experience,
0: looking back, <laughs> their marriages were not perfect. <laughs> no. <laughs> those people who had those children, those experiences were not perfect. Yeah, but we exactly. callous our own hearts and we rob ourselves of that ability yes. to have community and relationship with people. Mm-hmm. And to glean from other walks of life, from other moments like where people are walking, maybe they're where you want to be but you're robbing yourself of the ability to have that
4: relationship Mm -hmm. and to joy with them in their joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you have to do something, you know, kind of silly to get yourself out of that position, I looked at all the women who are getting pregnant, um, either boys or girls, and I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm going to have eventually, but I'm going to start staking claim for arranged marriages (laughs) because I know these parents are raising their children in the Lord and that's what I want. So it kind of come up with a way of, Bringing yourself out of that um, that bitterness and just looking at it as a blessing for them and you know just take yourself out. It's not all about you. Yeah. You know, it's about <laughs> the Lord and what is He doing. Yeah. I was literally. That was what, next thing I was thinking about
1: asking was, uh, I feel like in those times we could almost kind of. Uh, I feel like talk ourselves down in those times. Like y'all, you know, basically what we're saying, like you immediately compare yourself, like, well, why do they get that? You know, why can I have that? Clearly there's something wrong with me. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not all these things, you know. Um, how do, how would y'all fight against those? Because I imagine they, you know, because I feel like in those times of those hard seasons, we're very vulnerable. And I feel like that's just, is like an open field for all those thoughts and toxic, mm-hmm. you know, thinking and everything comes in. Um What's the, what's the best way to combat all that scripture and prayer yeah. and i mean like you
3: like you said earlier nicole uh relying on people mm-hmm. um i i think often of the pair or the the story of healing where the friends carry in mm. the paraplegic yeah. and you know they end up bringing him down through the roof and jesus says because of your faith mm. you know this this man is healed or get up your mat take up your mat and walk and I think we need people praying for us and fighting for us for joy and um, that we need people that we're super honest with and um, and yeah I mean the name of this podcast be still we need to be be still before the Lord like you were saying earlier just be still and listen
4: and allow him
3: to meet us where we are Yeah.
4: Have surround yourself with people who glorify the name of the Lord and edify others. Mm -hmm. Um, Have somebody to pray with you. Talk to, I mean, honestly, if somebody, if I hear Satan's voice and you're not worthy or you're never going to be a good mom, I mean, I'm sure I could come to any one of you And tell you what Satan is saying, and you are gonna smack it out of me. You know, (laughs) maybe Um, literally.
2: I'm sorry. No, no,
4: that's why I love you. (laughs) Um, You know, let me take my glasses off first. (laughs) But surround yourself with women who will tell you the truth, because it is so easy when you're in the moment to listen to the lies of the devil, and it sounds so real. It sounds so true you know, you'll never make it, you'll never find somebody, you'll never succeed, you'll never move up in your job, you'll never have this, you'll never keep a plant alive. (laughs) And they're lies, because that's not who God created us to be. And so have somebody in your corner, have somebody to pray with you or to tell you the truth, um, and just really listen. Yeah. Um, In the podcast, we've had leading up to this one, we we talk a
1: lot about friendships and how important it is to have relationships and having people in your life that will call you out, that will encourage you, uh, and build you up. Like it, it is so golly, so important to have it's mm-hmm. such a beautiful thing and a, a such a beautiful thing that God has given us uh, this, that beautiful gift in our lives. Um is there a time in y'all season of um of wait where there was a low point or just a really hard time And one of those uh friends in your life or someone in your life that was just there for you that just sticks out? Um, I mean, I can think of so many. (laughs) (laughs) So many. Mm. I
3: I remember when we were in the adoption process for Jubilee, we had named her and um, it was a special needs program and our daughter was... um, We knew that she uh, was blind in one eye and had cerebral palsy and I was a little... Terrified. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I am am I prepared for this, you know? And um my dear friends, we've been friends since middle school. She loves the Lord and we just she she sent me a rose, a David Austin rose, and it was the name Jubilee Celebration was the name of the rose. Yeah. And just God has chosen you for Jubilee and Jubilee mm-hmm. for you. And just um filled me with like just this reminder that God will enable what he's called, he will
4: enable. So mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, I remember the day that our adoption specialist called us. And of course, during COVID, Daniel was home working from home. And she said, you need to go get Daniel. We have a profile to talk about. And I was like, okay. And she started going through the profile um, who, you know, what w- the questions were about, you know, the birth mom, the birth father, Um, All of the different medical history, everything. And then she tells us that it, you know, from Tennessee, she found us and she's having twin girls. And I remember that moment, like as she was going through the profile, every single thing was something that I prayed. I, I say secretly, it just means not out loud for with God I wanted a different state because I have boundary issues and I want to be everybody's best friend. So I needed something touching Georgia, but not where, you know, it was an issue for me. And I wanted the birth mom to find us because I hated the idea of competing against all the other adoptive couples at Bethany that we had gone through our orientation with. And so there were little things like that, well, the big things, that God just put all down and she said, are you guys interested? And I'm screaming through tears, yes. And Daniel's like, I thought we were going to pray over every profile. And I'm like.
2: Already done it. This is the
4: Already done one. it. <laughs> but I remember that. That was on July 2nd. And we found out on the 8th that she chose a different couple. And that devastation, my parents to hold us. Don't get your heart set on it. Like be cautious because she still has to come back and say yes because she was looking at us and two other couples. And that devastation because it every single one of my little boxes God checked off. And I remember just my parents praying for us and over us. And I spoke with um she's now their godmother. Um she's like a sister to me and she's my prayer warrior and she just prayed and you know she was there for us and stuff like that and um people were praying for us and we found out she came back to us on the 9th and said the other couple said no they don't want twins and will you meet her on the 14th so during the the second until the 14th and like that in between time we were so up and so down, and we got a no. Um, and it was absolutely devastating, but I had to keep on reminding myself, these are the things that God put on my heart. These are the things that I feel like He has promised and I'm going to trust. And we even got another profile in between on the eighth, and I flat out said no, immediately. I knew. In my heart, it wasn't, that was not our adoption. Mm. And I knew that the girls were our adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just those people loving us, praying us through that, um, through the devastation and looking back, it's, it's amazing to see when you fall on your face to the Lord and you tell him and you talk to him and you have that, that relationship, the strength that comes through and the peace Mm -hmm. and, you know, it was devastating, but we had peace and I do credit my friend Amy um, for a lot of that. You know, she, she was one of my biggest supporters. And gosh, I wish she lived down here because I would totally bring her to church <laughs> down here too. But she's in North Georgia. Um, but yeah, having community, you have to have that, whether it's at your church or just friends. But have them there mm-hmm. in those moments. Having yeah. mm-hmm.
1: someone coming up to you and saying, I'm in a season and I am struggling. What is something that you would tell them? And also just kind of, you know, how important it is in those times of a hard season just to cling to Jesus in those moments.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think, again, like I was saying earlier, I know what that feels like. So I think I would just weep with them if that was what was needed. Um, just provide a place for them to lament and um, be a support of asking God talk for for their desires on on the, on their behalf, um, but then also yeah like like I said, just telling them like God is not withholding from you, um, just at pointing them to God's goodness, um, just trusting His faithfulness, and then more practically, I also think seasons of waiting can be very beneficial. You were saying this earlier, Catherine, as a time of preparation, um. I mean, this is such a silly thing, but before Leo came home and the six years <laughs> waited for them, I learned how to make sourdough <laughs> 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 and start a garden. And now these things that I learned in that season of waiting are benefiting him, my, my mm-hmm. family. So um, I do think seasons of waiting can be great times of preparation as well. So mm-hmm. that's more practical. Yeah. I would. I wouldn't start with that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'd start with the hug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you that's go. What I, was thinking. Like, I feel you. A hug. I'm yeah. not
0: even a hugger, and I would be like, yeah, let me love, love on you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have to actually go, go and ask for, help. Mm-hmm. and that's that's the hardest thing. It's so hard for people to go and ask for that help because you think, well, they're busy. You know, oh, well, mm-hmm. Lauren has twins. You know, and they're two next month. Like, she's too busy for me. That's not the case. You know, anybody who you go up to and you tell them you're going through something, honestly, if they turn you away, they're not a true friend. Mm -hmm. So go and ask the person. Go and talk to them. Go find somebody who can embrace you um, through your waiting and through your season. Mm -hmm. So just step out in courage and in faith. Mm -hmm. Also, if you don't know who to go to, just pray and see where God leads you. You know, it might be the most random person you haven't met yet in church or, you know, somewhere that God brings into that space at that moment and lays it on your heart to go and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
4: Um, well, it is um, actually funny. I heard
1: this um, quote today. It says where you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, in those seasons of waiting, it can be very hard and very trying, and you question everything, and you're frustrated. But like I said, you know, same thing I said earlier. There's so much beauty in waiting. There, you know, everybody. I say it a lot. It's like people always want to get it on the mountain top, but there's so much beauty in the valley. That's where their growth is. <laughs> it's down in the valley, but people always think it's on the mountain top. Um, but I think it just constantly shows God's hands and His goodness. Um, in those seasons of waiting, mm-hmm. um, that he, that he's, he's there. He's near to the brokenhearted. Um, he's closer to us than we even realize. Even when we don't see him or feel him. He, he's still there. Uh, he gives us hope and courage in knowing that he's, you know, beside us, um, and he welcomes us daily to get in his arms and mm-hmm. just let him pour out his love on us um, as we start to leave out. Um, Nicole, what would you kind of give us an encouragement for people?
0: Well, I would actually read James 1, for mm. verses 2 and 3. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I just think that as we ponder in those moments, and as we're living in those moments of devastation and despair and waiting to remember, to count it as joy, because even those moments are producing endurance and mm-hmm. perseverance, and they are making us more like Christ. Yeah. And to, that's the ultimate thing is to keep your eyes on Christ, mm-hmm. because it's not about, mm-hmm. we're not the main character of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's his story. Mm-hmm. And um, I would just encourage everyone... If you have no one to reach out to, you can email us. We will respond. Be still and grow podcast at gmail.com. But um, I would also encourage you to reach out to your sisters in Christ and your church and your family, your friend groups, um, to know that you're not alone and that we God has a plan, and it's a good plan. Yeah. It doesn't always feel good, but we need to remember that we don't define what goodness is, that God is good. Therefore, what God does is good. And as painful as it can feel, it is good. Yeah. And I think that's a hard lesson for every Christian to learn. Good thing. Mm-hmm. Christians like me who have come out of the prosperity movement—that mm-hmm. suffering can be a good thing mm-hmm. because suffering really shows us what joy is. Mm. And how would we ever know the joy of the Lord if we didn't know what suffering felt like? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just how good that is. Mm. And um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Amen and amen. That was beautiful. <laughs> um. Thank y'all. Thank you, ladies, so much for. Being vulnerable, sharing your stories, and um, thank you for just being an encouragement to anyone who listens, who needs to hear this. Um, As we say with every podcast, we pray that this is a tool that you can uh, listen to and it could be a help to you. Not the main tool. Your main tool is Jesus, and it's the Word. Um, But if this can be a help to you, uh, we feel very blessed and grateful that God can use it uh, for His glory. So as we do with every podcast, we like to end with prayer. Casey, would you end us out in a sound prayer?
3: Sure. Father, we, we do come to you and just declare that you are good, that your ways are higher than ours. Um, Father, in our fast food culture of just instant gratification, waiting can be excruciating. And God, I pray that you strengthen us, broaden uh, our shoulders to walk faithfully, in our seasons of, um, trial as we are waiting, even for small things and even for really good things. Um, God, I, I ask that you give us, um, like the scripture says, God, just that perseverance and help us to trust in you. God, um, help us to see that you are working all things for our good and for your glory. And I pray that, that be our main goal is to bring you glory in life and all and all that we do may our stories lord point to your glory glorious who, who your glorious story lord that um jesus rescues us and um he is redeeming all things even the broken things in our life lord and we just give you all the glory and praise thank you for these women and just this opportunity to grow more together. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: Thanks for listening. Please email us at be still grow podcast at gmail.com with your
0: questions, comments, ideas, and prayer requests. For more content from Gospel Community Church, check out the Training Day podcast hosted by David Sandridge. This is Catherine, Heather, and
1: Nicole. Join us next time. We'll save you a seat. Till then, be still, still and grow. grow.